Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 146. Today is my birthday. So you'll be hearing this on April 18th, but I'm recording it on April 17th, and I'm 35 today. And I have been thinking about so many things. Um, 35 is a nice, nice chunky number. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about who am I at this age? Who am I right now? Just reflecting. And then not only that, but also I have been out of school for 10 years. So I've kind of been thinking about those two chunky numbers and kind of thinking, what does it all mean? What would I like for it to mean? And I have lots of thoughts that I don't need to share in this intro, but it is my birthday on this exact moment. And it feels right for me to just let you know that I'm I'm thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about the present, you know, and having fun with that. So I don't know. Happy birthday to me, I guess. And without further ado, let me introduce you to today's guest. So I met Olga um, because I had purchased this incredible pink blazer, but it was too long for my short arms. And I asked my friend Shauna, who does my hair, and she does my hair in all of my like, um, you know, photos and videos and stuff. So you've you've seen her work if you have looked at anything I've ever made. Um, and I was like, Shauna, do you know any sewers? And because I need this, these blazer arms hemmed. And she was like, yes, you should reach out to Olga. So I went to Olga's house. Um, it was during the pandemic and we chatted a little bit. And then, um, I realized that she's not only like a, a seamstress, but a designer. And so, uh, when I was planning for the next season, I was like, Olga, will you come be on my podcast? And she came to my studio so pregnant and so cute. And now she has two children and, Listening back to this interview, once again, as per usual, I just felt like there were so many little gems of wisdom and inspiration for, you know, what it means to kind of become an artist and to to not become an artist, but maybe realize yourself as an artist and kind of see those through lines from a childhood, you know, sense of wonder and creativity. And Olga's story is is a great one. Um, so I'm going to read you Olga's bio now. Olga Asaya was born in Kiev, Ukraine, and moved to the United States at the age of five. She always had a love and an appreciation for art and its expression and learned to sew as a little girl. She graduated from the Salt Lake Community College Fashion Institute and decided to start Zaya Collection to create beautiful designs that are innovative yet practical for everyday life. She lives in Salt Lake City with her husband and two daughters. Um... You guys, I think that's probably all that I need in this intro. You've been introduced to Olga. You know that it's my birthday. As I've been saying for weeks and weeks, I'm working on lots of projects, but I'm still kind of still kind of in that phase where I'm mostly talking about the projects. They're not finished, but if you want to catch up on that, um, go to my blog on my website and you can catch up. Um, I've been writing a lot, so there's plenty there. Okay, everybody. Please enjoy this interview with designer Olga Asaya. 
Here comes. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. So, okay, I was thinking last night about all the things that we should talk about, and I realized I don't know where you grew up. Where, oh. where were you born and where did you grow up? Okay, so I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. Okay, yeah. Kind of a hot topic right now. Yeah. Um, but I came to the States, I was only five. So okay. I'm more American than anything, and I've been in Utah since I was 10 and grew up here. It's Great. Been- it's been nice. But you have the experience of being like, your f- parents are from Ukraine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, because it was part of the former Soviet Union back right. when I was born, I actually speak Russian and that's wow. been like my little cultural heritage yeah. passed down. <laughs> so. And you still speak Russian? Uh-huh. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I speak with my family and that's, you know. Does your family live in Utah or just uh, kind of scattered around? So my grandparents moved to Florida. Cool. Um, when they came to the States, we did all live in Utah for a while and then they discovered Florida and they fell in love and why did they choose Utah or is it, I don't know um, that much about how it works. So, so it wasn't really chosen. And I think Utah sure. kind of chose my mother. So my mother's a pediatrician. Wow, cool. Okay. Um, Olga was just saying that her mother was a pediatrician. So continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, had to recertify all of her exams and do her boards. And she decided to, uh, you know, learn everything in English and get recertified. And she had to redo her residency and she was accepted at the university of Utah. So that's how we ended up here. But before that we'd come through New York and then lived in Texas for like a year and a half and then Denver for three years. Okay. And then sort of ended up in Utah because it was, that was the chosen. Yeah. That's that's crazy that your mom, like, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like, like being a doc, a, like a female doctor yeah. <laughs> like no. at that time in the Soviet <laughs> Union. I feel like that is crazy. Yeah. She probably has like a really cool story. Uh, yes, she's so, special. <laughs> I always like to talk with my guests about their childhoods because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm really fascinated about like child development. Um, so what were you like as a creative child? What were you what was the earliest evidence that you were? had a sparkly creative brain. Um, so I was a major girly girl around five years old. I loved the biggest poofiest dresses and dressing up was like so fun, but I didn't really, I say find my style or really, you know, find my element until I was probably 12. Okay. And then I started, you know, picking out what I was wearing and and having more of a, a say in that. An and, advocacy there. Uh-huh. And then I had Barbies. So I started of course. sewing for my Barbies and they were all very fashionable. Uh-huh. And you started sewing for your Barbies when you were like 12? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have more questions about mm-hmm. like, so I'm also curious about, you know, creativity that maybe isn't linked to what you're doing now yeah. and also just kind of the creative environment. Do mm-hmm. you have siblings? Um, I was an only child until I was 19. Okay. okay. So, so yes and no. I a, yes, I yeah. have a half brother. <laughs> he's seventeen. Very cool. We are very different, but he's actually very interested in musical cool. um, aspects of creating music and uh, guitar. And awesome. So he's kind of gotten the art 
in that arena. Mine was more a visual arts, like drawing, painting. I was huge into that when I was a What were you, how, what were you doing? Or what about it as a kid? Like, well, and I'm also curious. So I want to know like what else you were into as a kid, even just like play, like, um, you know, other mediums. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know like kind of what your, like, what was your creative imagination doing? Um, well, it's actually kind of funny how things come around um it is that's why I like to ask about it and lots of times people be like oh I wasn't really doing anything and then they'll like they'll be like well actually and say something Mm -hmm. like so interesting yeah so I obviously when I discovered kind of like fashion my grandma was a really great dresser she was really into like you know uh, because she was a performer, she was used to dressing for the stage, and she had really beautiful. Oh, she was a professional musician. Materials, okay, cool. yeah. She was an opera singer cool. and a piano teacher and a conductor. Wow! And um, so she had a lot of you know clothing from that kind of stage performance era. Mm-hmm. And I always thought those fabrics were beautiful. And she had things made for her. Wow. So that kind of introduced me to like that arena of custom clothing, which happened to end up in. Yeah. And um, so I would like grab these like pretty fabrics and I'd be like oh you know like wrap it around I didn't know what I was doing just wrap it around dance in it like pretend I spoke French and lo and behold I end up marrying a Frenchman and in fashion (laughs) so when you were draping yourself in these fabrics you you mean you're like a little kid like a little girl like a young teenager yeah like you know preteen or what did it like mean to you like did you did it were you interested in like the colors the textures the like whole aesthetic like all tell, of it. Tell me more. Like everything. Be more specific. Yeah, I'm very tactile. So for me, <clears throat> I like I have like if I see something really luxuriously beautiful or something that has a lot of character, like I have to touch it. It's like yeah. it's so pretty. And or like I, I can almost imagine what it feels. And I've gotten really good at identifying fabric just yeah. by looking at it. So yeah, I love I love fabric. I love feeling it and seeing what it can be. Yeah. Was it some, was it also about like the, the character that you can like assume in different clothing or like, was that a piece of it too? Like, I suppose, I think I was a really shy child. So for me, um, I didn't really find like my, my voice and like, uh, a presence until Mm. I picked up some dancing and then dancing you can dress up in and, and then you feel so confident because people are, you know, looking at you. And if you're good at dancing, people are like admiring your skill and they come and tell you afterwards, like, Oh, you're such a good dancer. And that of course boosts your confidence. It's almost like a permission thing. So that kind of opened up my alleyway and then I ended up, you know, Cool. Really enjoying dressing up. and Yeah. Well, just, I was wondering just because of the way you said, like, my grandma was a good dresser, like, you know, I wonder, like, kind of what that means in terms of, like, the, you know, interpretation of a child, like. Yeah. Well, she would always, like, overly accessorize. She was definitely, you know, how did Coco Chanel is famous for saying, like, take one thing off. She was definitely, like, put one more thing on. <laughs> but it was really fun to see, like, the color combos and. Um, she would wear like really fun hats and things that don't like Utah's not known for yes. very dressy yeah. dressing up people. And she sort of broke that status quo and it was, she was not afraid to like look yeah. a little bit more dressed up than it's normal. like it, it, it's like a it's like it stands for like a, some kind of bravery or something. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah it's a, it was fun. It was I, just thought, fun I think about that kind of thing a lot. Like, you know. I remember like, it's just something I think about. I've thought about it throughout the years, but I've been thinking about it a little differently lately of like, 
remembering being a child and looking at certain adults, especially women, Mm -hmm. and thinking like, which of those people do I want to be like, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, especially if you feel like a little different maybe as a child, and then there's an adult that like is a little different. It's almost like this kind of beacon, you know? Mm -hmm. At least it kind of felt like that to me with, specifically I think with creative adults. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't quite see that in like my parents or maybe Uh my family are your parents creative um so my mom is sort of given that everybody uh kind of have a little bit of musical basis because my grandma was a musician so my mom did the conservatory in music and she plays the piano still but um I don't think she's as creative as uh Definitely a me or my grandmother, yeah. <laughs> but like a doctor, which is like some <laughs> yeah, kind of she something. Got more yeah, of the analytical, <laughs> yeah. like fix it brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about your dad? So my father, um, my parents divorced. My father okay. stayed in Ukraine. Okay, and so okay. I didn't grow up knowing him very well. But um, when I did go back and visit, I think it was like twenty fourteen ish. He was really warm and welcoming and it was really wonderful to reconnect and kind of learned a lot that he was really business oriented and sort of like hustle to find a way because Ukraine's not an easy country to like live and thrive in. So he, you know, was making his way and he was still really happy to So did you grow up like in the same house with your grandparents? Mm -hmm. What about your... When I was young, yeah. What about your grandfather? What was he he up to? Okay, so my grandfather's a funny... um, character so he was super proud that my grandma was a musician and he would tell everybody he's a, she's an opera singer and That's cute. she's a musician <laughs> and it was really adorable but him uh he was a cardiologist and cool. for him doctors all of his family. descendants must be doctors you could choose what kind of doctor but you had to be a doctor it, like skipped a generation <laughs> and then like went to the grandkids so my mom and my uh uncle who passed away since also uh in the ukraine had finished medical school and were mm. certified um my grandpa my uncle chose not to redo all the boards and everything because that's a lot of work when yeah. he came to the states but my mom did and so I um of course was like okay so you're next you're gonna be the doctor <laughs> I was yeah. the oldest grandchild and I actually have a biology degree with a chemistry minor you kind of you you really gave (laughs) it the the college try yeah Yeah. well I actually really enjoyed biology but but I was like medical school it's like another eight years it's just too much and I was a lot so I did apply and thankfully didn't get in I was like eighth (laughs) on the waiting list and they called it and and that allowed me to this is my sign take a year and figure out my new way and I happened Uh, upon the fashion institute (gasps) from um the uh Salt Lake Community College And I didn't realize we had one. So that's how I opened that door. That's amazing. (laughs) We'll connect those dots in a bit. Okay. I have two more questions about Mm -hmm. the childhood, maybe three. Um, Your, was the family culture creative? Like maybe not even in terms of like, what are we doing? But like, what are we talking about? How are we thinking? Like, Mm. just curious if you remember anything about like, you know, I don't know, creativity, as like a skill being kind of valued? No, it's a good question. I mean, I remember just sort of being encouraged to explore different art mediums. Um, Definitely had like a lot of after-school programs where it would be like either like mosaic making or painting. So yes, yeah. Because I enjoyed the arts, I like I had a, um, at one point I had a lady teaching me how to do portraits and things like that. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, with different mediums. I did everything from pastel to colored pencils yeah. to oil. So cool. I and explored mosaics. all of it. <laughs> yeah. And it was just super interesting for me because that yeah. was my art you know, medium at the time. What kinds of things were you like drawing, painting? Like what were you, what were you interested in as like that, a little kid? I really like still life and cool. Uh, landscapes. Cool, yeah. cool. And then were you doing like as a child, were you doing any like, were you entering competitions? Like mm-hmm. I think I'm curious, like. Yeah. It, go ahead. I yeah. did. I did. I did a few. Um, I, I don't think I in high school, actually, I took first and second place in like 3D design competition. (laughs) And then... 3D design, like digital art or like sculpture? A sculpture. It was like, I think I had done jewelry or something. And and some of the kids in my class kind of noticed that I was pretty good at carving things. So they were like, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks if you do my project for me. (laughs) That's probably my first paid (laughs) gig, you know. Extra practice and yeah. (laughs) But it was just, uh, it was kind of funny, but literally anything art related, I would love to try it all. I wanted to explore like stained glass and I I literally tried everything. Yeah. You were like hungry about it. Yeah. I was like, let's see art in all the forms. Amen. (laughs) Do you remember anything about what that felt like in terms of like your kind of budding like identity as a little kid? Like, did you feel like this is part of who I am? Did you feel like this is just a fun thing I'm doing? Did you feel like you like really wanted to be good at it and like show it to, you know, adults or other people? Like what, what did it kind of, how were you thinking about it? Well, I definitely wanted to be good at it and I got pretty good at it. And like practiced. Yeah. And I, I mean, sort of had a natural ability to get that fine art form, but it was, uh, it was not really open to me that it could be a career. Sure. It was more of just like a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely something like I enjoyed to do and I did in my spare time aside from school. Of course, school came first. Very big my family, like got to finish the school first. (laughs) Well, luckily when you're a little kid, lots of times it's one in the same, like your, your art projects are like your school projects. (laughs) But I do find like, I am, I'm curious, I mean, I teach little kids and Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, there's always this question of like talent versus whatever this other thing is. And I just, I love, I love hearing about children who like practice, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just play. Like it's play when you're a kid, but when you kind of are thinking like, I want to be good at this, I really want to get it right. And you're kind of like self-motivated to like tinker. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. No, I definitely was very self-motivated and it would be all I would do when I was, you know, had some time to myself. I would either be painting or some sort of something art related. What do you think it that like is or comes from? Like I that that's just little part motivation. Of me. Yeah. yeah, I think that was just something I think you really have to enjoy it. Yeah. Having a kid now, so I, I have a 5-year-old. What it's like what you see as a mom. <laughs> now that I've seen it, you know, from start from the very start, it's actually really interesting that nature versus nurture, yeah. how much comes into play and that biologist in me is sort of like, okay, this is my living experiment of like, yeah. what is happening really? And it's, uh, it's actually really fascinating. So she's really drawn into the performing arts just from a young age. She would literally find a stage anywhere, yeah. anywhere we would go. She would find a stage and start singing like twinkle, twinkle, little star or something silly. But for her, like it, like I didn't teach her that. Mm, (laughs) I didn't make her do anything like that before, but she was like, she had that urge to perform. And I was like, okay, well that's my grandma, you know, skipping a couple generations. So I definitely think there's something innate 
And that's how it was for me. Like I just enjoyed the arts and that's what I wanted to put out there. Yeah. I love this idea that the thing that's innate is like, I mean, maybe it's some talent, but like, it's just a desire Mm -hmm. like, like just there's this kind of motivation or like a draw to just like do a thing. Yeah. It feels cool to me. That's true. And then the last thing I wanted to kind of ask about your childhood is um, whether like being Ukrainian was like something that you thought about and like kind of how that played into your development. I I mean, there's definitely kind of a cultural difference from growing up in Utah. Uh, My family we did my grandparents and my mom and I all lived in the same house for a while. And that was sort of, you know, that's more of a Ukrainian thing. It's, um, and the, my grandparents helped raise me because my mom was working a lot residency again, and then starting her practice and joining a couple other doctors. And it was a lot to take on. So of course I had to be taken care of by somebody. (laughs) Were you being taught like Ukrainian music or like visual art? Like, just yeah. So my grandma started a choir when she came here. She cool. um, she brought together a whole bunch of sort of former Soviet Union people and they started singing uh, some folk songs, some kind of Jewish songs, some different uh, a repertoire she sort of came up with and everybody agreed upon and they did performances at various like community centers and cool. things. But for her, that was her passion, right? Yeah. She left her that behind in in Ukraine so she had to find her own expression here and she of course did piano piano lessons and voice lessons and things like that but cool and later on joined the Utah Opera um just as a a choir singer I mean just like it's that's you (laughs) still have to audition for that but she taught me how to sing she gave me I didn't really enjoy the piano part because practicing was not my thing well practicing Uh, (laughs) piano was not your thing but practicing your art stuff was your practicing my art practicing voice lessons with her was lovely I truly enjoyed that and I even got to perform in tour and with her as as part of the children's choir in in the Utah opera and so no definitely good memories of all that and she used to have me like do little sections in her choir be a performer of course I was terribly shy so that was really hard but (laughs) yeah but that gives me an idea of like kind of what your what what was going on Mm -hmm. so okay so in terms of fashion it really kind of comes into play when you're like 12 um how did you start like you know dressing yourself differently like what were what were the kind of the things that were going on in your mind well I think as a teenager of course first things first you kind of want to fit in right you have to you can't be too different or else you get too many comments and it's like weird, you know, and you feel like, Oh, am I like the weird one? So there's a lot of that, but I think I, I was encouraged enough and built up enough self-esteem to be kind of a little more confident. And, um, yeah, so it sort of went from like dressing, like, to, to fit kind of the mold, but then having my own little twist to it. And my mom had some really fun retro clothes that she kept. And I, so I would try those on and people would be like, whoa, that's really, so <laughs> really like kind 80s. Of like, you know? cool. <laughs> so it started with like, um, putting together outfits, not like sewing. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, so. and when did you start? So you started making outfits for your Barbies. Tell me more about that. Cause that doesn't seem like a 
<laughs> obvious to me. Right. Yeah. Well, so they're not, you don't require much fabric. Sure. It doesn't require much skill because I didn't have like, I don't know how to sew on closures or zippers or anything right. at the time. Like maybe they got a button. So I could literally sew it on them and that's what well, that was their outfit for the Barbie time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I came up with pretty extravagant, you know, couture gowns for these wow. Barbies and they didn't need to like dress normal. So if they got the full Met Gala approach. Just give me like a vague <laughs> idea. Like, what do you think was the longest time that you spent on like one Barbie outfit? Oh gosh, I have no idea. I, I can't remember to be, to be fair. It's, probably days yeah. I mean you know what you finding the right accessory the right I mean, little like loose jewel yeah. or broken necklace that you could you know add beading from this tidbit Whatever. is perfect though because like it, it's beyond like it's beyond just like the the one item mm-hmm. it's like you know you're like being resourceful oh yeah like, it was all sourcing little things bits of like you know, some shirt my mom was done with and I chopped up or, you know, yeah. like a little lace from a skirt, anything. Oh, I, I didn't like, really go to Joanne's and buy a new fabric. It was just right. whatever we had laying around the house. But combining multiple mm-hmm. materials, that feels like, it feels like a second step. You know, it feels like something like, yeah. like there's a vision and then you're kind of like looking around, yeah. like making something new from something old. Yeah. And then when you started like making these, like, like f- when you first started making things, well, did did anyone in your family sew like a little? Well, so since my grandmother uh, had had made, you know, things made, right. so I was exposed to sort of that aspect. And I think at one point she had somebody come to the house and oh, wow. sort of fit uh, something on her. And, and they even had, you know, a dress made for me. And wow. I... Um, I was exposed to that. I was so like, oh, gra- kind of cool. Your grandma and your mom didn't sew. You just saw it. I saw it, but my, gr- my mom did that's sew. Crazy. She knew basic sewing. Sure. She can like get by. She can mend things and, you know, do a lot of, you know, basic things. Um, and my grandma knew some things too, but it wasn't her passion. Sure. I think that's amazing that like, I mean, I really, I feel like that's like very interesting that like seeing a tailor, mm-hmm. like, sparked something in your little child brain like I think lots of times like kids don't even relate to adults that way but to kind of see that and then be like interested in it Mm -hmm. and then to think like I'm gonna do this for my Barbies (laughs) that's like that's a lot of steps that's a lot of like um I mean, I talk about this in the podcast a lot, but like this idea of kind of like ownership or permission, like no one's giving you the idea. No one's saying like, hey, Olga, like you should sew things. Oh, it's yeah, just like, no. uh-huh. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what how, what did the adults in your life like? Did they were they aware of it? Were they like impressed by it? Like, how did they talk about you making the couture gowns for your Barbies? <laughs> um, I mean, I was definitely just encouraged. As long as, you know, the kid's happy playing in her room, not yeah. bothering anybody, everybody's happy, right? So yeah. I entertained myself and but, I was very independent. Was there any more of like, what a cool thing that our child is oh, doing? I mean, yeah. I of course I was like, you know, encouraged, complimented yeah. and that's definitely I feel like it's very whimsical I feel like if I knew a child that was making gowns for Barbies (laughs) I would be like I would think that was so cool yeah (laughs) right definitely especially if like the their parents weren't 
sewers. <laughs> like I would be like, what, what is she doing? Yeah, no, it was definitely like, okay, you got your math homework done. Okay, cool. Yeah. looks great. You know, keep wow. going. <laughs> and did you ever like, what did your friends think? Like your peers did were there um, other little well, girls who were like, please make things for my Barbies. <laughs> well, I was really shy again. So I didn't have that the many Barbies were your friends. Fri- yeah. I didn't have that many friends like coming to the house sure. per se. I had, um, my cousin lived not far. So her and I got really close for a year apart. So we would play together and things like that. But I, as far as the neighborhood, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was all retirees. <laughs> so it was all really, really nice older yeah. folks. And they had, you know, across the street, they had a swing set. So I'd go over to their house and swing. Cute. And, you know, the guy next door had a whole wood shop in his basement. Wow. And he would show me how to, you know, who gave me like these little model homes to put together. So it was kind of encouraged uh, from an adult perspective, but not like not from peers, other kids. Yeah, I love that little anecdote, too. Like, I don't know, I'm I. I interview all different kinds of adult creatives and I like, I live for these little stories Mm. of like these kind of sliding doors moments. Like there's someone in your life who just like, you know, the tailor is like that too though. Like Mm -hmm. that's a person who's a creative person who probably was not even aware of you. Yeah. And like, that was, you know, really formative for you. And I don't know, like just seeing, seeing adults doing creative things, Mm -hmm. like even really passively, I think can mean, so much to a kid yeah opens up the possibility yeah just like letting your like little curious imagination kind of so how did you kind of start um like how did you start sewing or making you know you had mentioned jewelry like what happened in your like later teens with your creativity in any of the forms also dance Oh yeah. Well, so dance, I didn't pick up until I was 19. Okay. Um, but it was Latin dance and I got really into it just cool. every weekend doing salsa, you know, all these fun things. Cool. And, um, and then I did ballroom for a few months. I was not very great at it comparatively like because like in college, um, or? no, not as a team. I had a friend who partnered with me and he said, let's do a competition in seven months. Wow. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I have, you know, I, uh, let's try. So we okay. did. And so dance was, was actually fun. later. Yeah. Right? Way, way later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, when did you start making jewelry and how? Um, so jewelry, I didn't really do too much. I like did beading and, you know, I put beads together and I made like, you know, simple jewelry, but, uh, it was just sort of another creative outlet. It was just more color combinations yeah. and pretty things to, and just that, just like, that tactile. need to make something pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and then in your teens, you were still like, you were taking some painting lessons uh-huh, yeah what, what else were you doing creatively in I your, did a lot of different art forms I did stained glass was really interesting for me I cool. did oil painting and um I there's still like a bunch of art around my mom's wow. house from that era I love that. and uh yeah just any art form I picked up watercolor and then acrylics I still have my acrylic paints my cool. daughter now uses them I love it but it's like I I have a whole bin full of <laughs> every just craft imaginable things. painting possibility that any yeah. material that you could want I have <laughs> so when you were like gaining those materials like yeah. were you buying them were your parents buying um, them my parents were buying them yeah it was definitely supportive uh, and what did they the how did they talk about it with you were they like was there and was there ever any conversation about like 
this is a thing you could do? Like, what was it like? Um, not necessarily as like, this is a thing you could do as a career, but it was like, this is a thing you could do. This is good. Like for, to like, you know, visual arts, good for your brain, good for development. So that kind of perspective of, you know, grow a skill and definitely a good use of your time. Essentially. I didn't grow up with video games or anything like that. So that was my creative outlet. Did you think of yourself as an artist in those years? That's a good question. I suppose a little bit. I definitely was artistic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so curious about identity and like, yeah. you know, the way, because I think like I was also a very creative teenager. Like I was doing music all the time. I was mm-hmm. really involved in that. I was also like writing a lot. You know, I was always reading, which I'm, I think of that as creative yeah, too. Yeah, I love you know, reading like, too. Yeah, yeah, like you're just... You're just building that world, like consuming, mm-hmm. consuming art is like a creative endeavor as well. I think, especially Absolutely. if you're, if you're choosing your own material, you mm-hmm. know, like developing your taste. Yeah. Um, and I was always crafting, like I was always just making things, yeah. but I think I similarly had parents that were like, we go into professions mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, the, my whole family is full of professionals. There aren't right. artists in the family and I always kind of felt like these are just fun things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. I definitely wasn't thinking of myself as like an artist, but I certainly felt like there was something like mm-hmm. I definitely like felt like there was something important or a little different. Do you, do you remember having like how you self-referenced any of those? Well, it was definitely for me, I think it was like, okay, I'm actually good at this. And that, you know, I think a confidence boost for yeah. a kid is important and finding something that you're good at and pursuing that. And so if, if I was given the choice of like, do I want to do this or this? Of course I would want the artistic yeah. option. Did you like, did you feel like you wanted to pursue it a career as a career or was it like not even an idea at all? Well, so, you know, the reference I had basically was like in style magazine yeah. and I would eat those up like every month. <laughs> so you were aware of like fashion designers. I didn't know how you could make um, a living doing that. Sure. I'd heard the term and I was like, okay, that sounds really cool and magical. <laughs> so by the time you're a teen, you are thinking about like design, whether or not you're oh, thinking yeah. of it as a career. Right. Okay. Wait, tell me how we got there. So like, <laughs> how did you start kind of like, um, making clothes for humans Yes. or, and, or, altering clothing that you already had okay so altering clothing sort of started after the barbie phase i of course was like okay well you know i have some basic sewing skills i can hold a needle and thread right and um my grandma had a basic sewing machine so i would play around on that and um I sort of make things for myself, but I had no idea about fit or patterning and it's hard to fit on yourself. (laughs) So you're like, what am I pinning on the back? How can I reach? So I sort of experimented with making like things like tops and skirts and things. Of course they didn't fit me very well, but for my 16th birthday, I like made my whole outfit out of just scraps of fabric. And it was actually really cool. It was like a one shoulder. I still have it with like little lace strips and silver um, black lace with silver fabric. So yeah, so, the creativity was there and like trying to put it together without really knowing how yeah. properly was 
that era and then I sort of built upon it from learning from my mistakes and then realizing yeah. I need to add seam allowance for things to fit you know so yeah, yeah. cool it's just so a process by the time you're 16 and you're making a, an outfit that you're wearing out mm-hmm. at that point did your peers know that this was like a thing you were doing um or, or I think you I still... sort of just kept it to myself. It was my hobby. Wow. Yeah. Didn't, I like, didn't know. I didn't know wow. how to market. It wasn't like oh. in my brain to be like, I do this. Totally. Look well, how cool it's I such am. A, you know? It's such a fine line. And I always feel like, like, again, I'm interested in like child development, human yeah. development. And our teens are so weird. Like yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I can definitely imagine, even if you're shy and you're not like marketing, mm-hmm. I can definitely imagine someone being like, that doesn't look like something that I've seen in a store. Mm-hmm. Like, where did you get it? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I can imagine fielding that question, like being kind of shy and like yeah. a little apologetic and like, <laughs> or like, uh, yeah, I made like, this. I made it. Yeah. yeah. No big deal. Was it more but I like wasn't that? getting like commissions from that, you know, sure. it's just no, no, like I'm a just... casual outfit here and there. And, um, and to I'm... school, I don't think I really wore anything sure. that I made cause it was very avant-garde. Yeah. Uh, it was more like fancy cause I was really into that fancy, yes. you know, aspect. Well, I think I'm more curious, like less about like commissions or like Mm -hmm. it being work and more just about how it's playing with your identity. Like, you know, because if you're if you're a teenager and you know you like these avant garde things, even if no one knows, like I feel like that must be something that you're like, like, how are you thinking about the fact that like you like the avant-garde as a teen. <laughs> well, I definitely realized that I'm way more fancy than most of the kids in my school that I liked fancy clothes. And I mean, I would feel really weird when I would wear, like I had like one pair of sort of sweat pants ish things. I didn't really own sweatpants, but like the like, pre yoga pant pants, sure, you know, sure. and I had one pair of those and I wore that like, you know, occasionally with a, a t-shirt kind of top. And for me, I felt like really underdressed but that was sort of the status quo of everybody else in school and so I was like I don't know how people do it like I need something that like is like fitted and properly suits my body and like I don't know for me that's what I wanted to wear and not the kind of like loose kind of of relate to that I wore um (laughs) anyone who knew me in high school knows that like I wore high heels every single day amazing I love that (laughs) yeah that's great I can't I had to stop because I'm getting I'm too old like my it hurts (laughs) hurts. my like it hurts my bones but I wore high heels like every day all day until I was probably like 28 oh my gosh that's so funny yeah I don't know if I got into shoes until later but I definitely liked like cute outfits that matched and were you know like I just really like the fit fitted things were really my thing yeah making sure it like really suits you yeah yeah Yeah. cool I had another question (laughs) oh when you started like altering existing clothing Mm -hmm. was there pushback from the adults no, cool. it was a great, it's like a great knowledge base to have yeah. for life because not everything fits you when you buy it off the rack sure. and um, knowing how to adjust things here and there, it's a great skill. And so I was definitely Absolutely. like, you know, encouraged to keep doing that. Yeah, my mean, mom did it all the time. So oh, was, cool. Yeah, Your mom did that helpful. too. That yeah. makes sense. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I can see it being like, Hey, don't ruin these clothes that we're buying you. Uh, yeah. But it was like. You're no. make, they like, had confidence in you. <laughs> like, is it what? I was like 15. I was super tall and super skinny. I didn't have hips. And then bell bottoms came in and the bell bottoms were like shaped for somebody who had 
hips and a butt and I was like yeah. well I love the bell bottoms but I can't like literally they're falling off of me so yeah. you had to take them in on the sides and that's that was that it. feels like trust from the adults to like yeah. like to trust you with like mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean I, that basic sewing machine got me pretty far <laughs> cool that's awesome so um so by the time you were like 18, 19, mm-hmm. were you making like your dance costumes? Like what were you doing at that time? I definitely embellished on them. Um, I definitely made some skirts and things that were extra, extra sequiny extra and fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra. Um, yeah, no, it was really fun every weekend to come up with what my outfit would be. Oh, and like, that's dreamy. It's just it's so fun to get ready and dress up at that age when you have no other like huge obligations, you know, in your life, you're just like, okay, my work, you know, college is done for the week or I'm out and yeah. now the weekend is here and I can really play dress I up love in that, real though. life. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that you're saying it like, it's just like a given, but I think that's a you thing, you know, or maybe. at least like yeah. a, I mean, it's not an everyone thing. Yeah, maybe. for sure. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely like, like, I like costumes, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll, always, I'll get like costumes made for my, for my like album photo shoots yeah. and stuff. Like I think about that stuff too, but it definitely doesn't feel like something that like I like, it feels like a burden if I have to do it. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know how I get you. Yeah. I'm not very good at it. Right. I never, I never feel that confident about it. Like I can, I can see something and have like a vision about it, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, no, I bring I the vision to life. I would get a lot of like anxiety <laughs> as like a young adult about like how to go about finding things that like feel right. Right. <laughs> like it didn't feel, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like play. It felt yeah. like stressful. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think once I discovered fabric stores and really had money to spend in them, I think it really became kind of like the fabric would speak to me in a yeah. way of like this wants to be this. And this when did you would discover really great fabric stores? This. I think it was the late, later teens. I think cool. I went with my grandma a couple times just to buy, you know, things to fix other things and didn't grow up very rich or anything. It was sort of very resourceful. And, um, so at the time, you know, fabric stores were mending things was probably a little bit cheaper than buying new. Now we have, you know, forever 21 and everything. So it's like, (laughs) it's our concept of cost basis is really skewed. I was kind of assuming that part, which is why I was wondering about altering clothing. Cause like that Mm -hmm. also feels like I can see the adults having anxiety about you, like ruining your clothes, but I love that they just like trusted you. And like, in fact, were like, great, like make this clothing mm-hmm. be something that yeah, I mean, we I, couldn't buy. You put a seam in something, you can always take the seam out. And as long as you don't start cutting too much. <laughs> yeah. I do think that is like, again, like maybe it's the kind of thing that seems like a, a given, but I don't, think it is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah I think I think in a lot of people's families the parents would be like what do you think you're doing this is not a thing that children do also be a cultural thing from the because the Soviet Union nothing was available readily sure. and so if you were lucky enough to get like you know fabric for something you definitely used every little last bit of it mm-hmm. for every purpose you could cool. think of and then when that got worn out you repurposed it into something mm-hmm. else so that resourcefulness sort of translated into sure my childhood, I think. And then maybe last question about the teens, the like magazines, mm-hmm. when you were looking at the magazines, like tell me what was going on in your brain. Like, how were you thinking about it? 
<laughs> what, what was going on? Okay, so my eye was always drawn to like, this is the looks that the celebrities wore at the Oscars. And this is the looks from like the most formal outings. And I would just dream about like those Versace gowns. Yeah. And I would be very inspired by the lines, the colors, the cuts. Everything was like so beautiful in my mm. eyes. And it was, you know, not the normal of dressing. It right. was definitely a very special occasion, but of course that's what I was drawn to. Yes. Yeah. And then you were, were you following specific designers? I was really into Versace. Cool. This is pre Pinterest and like right. internet. So you have to really in have style. advocacy. Yeah. yeah. In style magazine was like my guidebook of fashion. And I would cut out all the things that I thought were really extra spectacular or really interesting and sort of put them in a folder. And that was cool. my like little reference folder. That was my paper Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. I love it. A little yeah. vision board. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did stuff like that too. I had a, I had a subscription to Family Circle as oh, a teenager. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I even know that one. <laughs> it's like Better Homes and Gardens, oh, kind okay. of. Well, Better but, Homes and Gardens has some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was funny for a teenager to like, I had a subscription to yeah. Family Circle and it was like gardening, cooking, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, like kind of crafts and like uh, home decor. But it always had craft ideas and also just, it was, in, it was, in, it was inspiring. Yeah, like, absolutely. but I, and I would cut things out also and like save yeah, them I mean, in even little files. Colors of, yeah. you know, flower arrangements can be really inspiring. Totally. You get the, nature has the most incredible color combinations that you wouldn't think of. And yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we really did. How old are you? I'm 36. It yeah, was I'm, my birthday last week. So. Happy birthday. I'm <laughs> 34. You. I feel uh, like you look like not a day over 23. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I assumed you were older because you have this daughter who's five. I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. We really had to be resourceful as teens, like mm -hmm. with, right. like, I mean, I talk about this with other professional musicians all the time, but like going to like a music having make, having an adult drive you to a music uh, store right like hoping they ha you know buying a whole cd like for one song you know like I, and then truly. you have to be like committed to that cd right. like buying books like going to the mm -hmm. library like there was so much like um the library was a great resource we had to true. work used, on it you know i used the library so well when I, I, was a kid. I did too <laughs> like and I, I think about that now and just think like everything's it's so, so different. accessible. Yeah. yeah. Like you really have to like stake a claim in those mm -hmm. things. Um, I mean, even just, you know, with, with like buying, you know, paints or paintbrushes, like I feel like it would be much easier and probably cheaper in some ways nowadays for adults to just like order so, like a little craft kit. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you have an artistic child and you don't already have paints in the house or pastels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you have to go to an art store with mm -hmm. your child like right you know and as a child to like ask your parents for art supplies like I don't know that just feels like something yeah and I I wonder sometimes like how that will change for like younger creatives like right. with things just being so available yeah 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 I don't know mm. so when you were like getting ready to go to college um, there was no sense at that time that you might major in like a creative thing. No, so, right? at that point it was like, okay, buckle down. You're about to start like a really long path to medical school. Oh, <laughs> I was like, 
I'll do the biology degree. I actually really enjoy biology. Um, but like what afterwards, happened? I don't know. It's yeah. sort of the inevitable. I didn't really know I had a choice. Sure. And um, you know how family pressure can be. It's I like, do. It's just that I have or a really nothing. intense, like narcissistic Mormon family. So yeah. <laughs> oh, so I do it's know. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my grandpa was really proud every time I got on an honor roll or honor they would have these really silly books that you they would write your name in if you were on the honor roll and he would order all of them and then he would <laughs> highlight my name and he'd be like look at my amazing student like granddaughter and I was like that's really cute. that is so cute yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but him like the education was really important in my yeah. family and so I went to biology or to the University of Utah and I sort of I don't know that I liked it. I, it was really big and really different. And the class sizes were 300 plus yeah. for these undergraduate class. And it felt like a factory. I didn't yeah. find my, you know, identity there very much or befriend many people because people yeah. were like in and out and they had jobs and, right. and other activities. So my, um, interest in that era was really the outdoor recreations program. And I grew up, you know, I love skiing and, um, being in nature. I grew up camping. Cause again, that's a cheap way to travel. So we would all go camping on the beach in California and it was lovely and memories of going to Zion and everything. So I found, um, the outdoor recreation program at the U and that was really like my, (laughs) my favorite part of the whole Was it like a, was it like a club or was it like classes? Like what, what was was it? I was not really classes. You signed up for individual trips and they had like a, they were really inexpensive, maybe like $150 for like a whole weekend. Organization. And it was all organized for you. They would bring all the food, all the gear. You literally just show up. They tell you to bring like sunscreen you know like yeah and then um and then they plan it all and I was like okay what a wonderful way to explore Utah and yeah we have five national parks here and I'm yeah. always like this place is incredible if you just go outside so I would do like rafting trips and kayaking and cool climbing and you know so I had a lot of those kind of experiences and like, in the outdoors and yeah. that kind of drifted a little bit away from my art um, during that time, but it was like nature really, really got that was close kind to of, nature. Um, sparking your creativity, like mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. Yeah. Were you doing any, any creative projects like during those years? Not and as much. So there was just a lot of time for school. And then, you know, then I picked up dance and that was, yeah. that was my creative outlet. So yes. So I guess. So, yeah. 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 Um, and so what happened with dance where you, we, did you, did you compete? Like what, mm-hmm. how long did you do that? What, um, what so it started with, it? with just like, I took a community class of, uh, I think it was like a salsa dance, merengue dance class cool. just in the continuing education, which by the way is like the most amazing resource. Yeah. Um, so just the continuing education classes. And I met a friend who was equally willing to learn. And so we decided to like take our really, really basic skills to the club and try dancing on a weekend to cool. like real music instead of like <laughs> one, two, three, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we went there and that's when I saw like some really good dancers and I was like, oh, wow, like that's inspirational. Yeah. I would love to be that good. And um, so I just kept coming back and we kept doing our little basic step and then we got a little bit better. And then mm. I started dancing with some of the other people that were attending and uh, just sort of really 
grew into that and took more classes. And then I had my friend who was like, okay, let's do a competition in ballroom. And uh, and so we had like a weekly, couple of times a week lesson. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I also think that's like, you know, again, like I, I think a lot about creativity and like how important it is, you know, in our society, how important it is just for us, like, like as a healthy society Mm -hmm. and as healthy people. And, you know, a lot of children are creative. A lot of teens are creative and it just like, it's like we lose people at each stage. And I feel like in college, it's, that's when our identities start. We start to kind of pick a lane, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is really necessary. I mean, it is in, in some ways, but like you have to pick maybe a, job you right. know yeah but, that's, uh, that's always a hard but decision. to be a young person and to like pay for lessons in something that isn't like practical mm-hmm. I feel like that that's a real distinctive choice yeah and it's one that I like hope you know I hope people feel like they can make like right, right. you know to just find like to to apply like to actively apply resources of like, you know, time and money. Right. To like something that makes something. you happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. For I think sure. it's important. And I, sure. I feel like we lose something really essential, like whether or not a person is like an artist or, mm-hmm. you know, but I think we lose something when we feel like we need to like streamline our identity too much. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, speaking of identity, like how were you, what was kind of changing, you know, in those like bachelor's degree years, um, how were you thinking about, like, how were you thinking about it? How were you preserving that? You know, if like you apply to medical school, don't get into medical school Mm -hmm. and then go to fashion school. Mm -hmm. I feel like that tells me that like there were things going on before. <laughs> like, oh, well, for sure. It so was what like, was it? Let's just, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, well, I can't do fashion as a real job. It sounds like this dream fun job. So when I didn't get into medical school, I really, and I discovered the fashion program, like I really took it seriously. Yeah. And I just started with taking one patterning class because it's something I didn't know anything about. And I, I, I just sort of came naturally to me and I really enjoyed it. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, this is definitely something I would like to do and try. And at that point I had met my husband to be. (laughs) So, so we were dating, but he was really encouraging because in his family, he had uh, a grandfather who was a tailor and a grandmother who sewed. So he saw saw that as a career possibility. And he grew up in France where fashion is way more taken seriously than Utah. So he was very supportive in that regard. And so when I decided, okay, I'm done with the medical stuff, I'm not going to be available for the next, you know, chunk of time before the medical school didn't work out. I met him right when I was applying. So I graduated from college and I was applying to medical school and I met him. I had a year of a break because of the applications process. Okay. And you have to apply a whole year in advance to so get in. At this time, like before you're applying to, you're talking about medical school, uh-huh. not fashion school. Okay. Yeah. So at the, at this time, like during this kind of this break, like where you're like, I think I'm going to medical school. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, everything's in limbo. It was what, terrifying. <laughs> what was your identity like then? Like you met your husband at this time. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to know, okay, maybe this is like one little question. Yeah. Like w- during that year that you think you're going to medical school, 
like, were you talking about your fashion interests with your then boyfriend? Yeah, definitely. Um, so unlike me, my then boyfriend was really good at getting people together, being social, like social butterfly, just really good at hustling up a friend group. And so he sort of brought together a whole bunch of people, even though he was new to Utah, just literally come for an internship for a year. And he... So he's actually, found, he's like French, French. He's French, French. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, he, okay. I literally met him fresh off the airplane. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> no. So he, um, put together a friend group and we all got along really well and we started traveling, um, to various places and, you know, some of us had like our, in our friend group, some people had family on the East coast. And so oh, we would travel to their family, so romantic. You know, like really inexpensive travel. Yeah. And we had a friend who worked for the airline company and we would get buddy passes and we'd go to, you know, Vegas or California. Yeah. And so we sort of bonded over our interest in travel and seeing yeah. the world and kind of um, that curiosity. Yeah. And because I, it was uh, a year off, I didn't really have like huge requirements. I think my mom had had, uh, like ankle foot surgery. So I was just helping her and just finishing up these applications. That so, just... okay. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm curious about this thing. <laughs> so like at that time, before you're in the fashion school, before medical school, like yeah. didn't work out. Yeah. How long does someone have to be talking to you before it comes up that you sew things? Oh, great question. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to know, like, yeah. I mean, probably within the first hour. Okay, I guess. so it was like a big. It was big. It was, it was like yeah, it wasn't like. Was Hi, I'm gonna go to. I'm Olga. I'm gonna go to medical school, and then like weeks later, it's like, oh well, yeah, I so think it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like at the top. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely after that. So know. like, I don't know how to ask these things because yeah. identity is so like self-referencing. But like, I'm looking for like, like. Did you feel knotted up about these kinds of things? Did you feel like any sort of like lower down, like fear that you would like lose something like essential about yourself going to medical school and being so busy? Were you thinking like, I don't know other doctors who like care about these things? Like, oh no, definitely tell medical me about school. that stuff. Yeah, definitely the idea. Cause I had seen my mom during residency. She was so busy. I, rarely saw her and her shifts would be, you know, like 24, 36 hours, which is just inhumane. And I was like, I don't really want that. It just sounds awful. And I don't like hospital settings. They're so sterile and, I it just for me it was literally everything I didn't really like. Yeah. So you <laughs> so, were like, I'm going to medical school, but also like kind of seek like uh, no, not knotted sure. up about it. There underneath. was definitely like, uh, okay, if I get in, like, great, I'll make it work. Yeah. But if I don't get in, like, it's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. So I think there might have been a little bit of aspect in that when I definitely did my interviews and things like that. that kind of sense. (laughs) Sure. So a lot of, again, like I interview all kinds of artists and I'm, I'm so fascinated by the way that everyone's so different. Like Mm -hmm. people will sit in this chair that you're in and be like, Oh, well, you know, all artists this. And I'm like, actually, no, (laughs) you know, like, like people feel so strongly sometimes. But what I, what I am trying to say is, um, you know, I think sometimes we talk about like being an artist as this kind of like immovable, like identity marker. And some of us, I think 
maybe all all we were ever going to do is be artists for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that as like a negative, no, obviously. For sure. And some of us, I think, are like, well, I could have been a scientist. I could mm-hmm. go into business. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you might be like that. Yeah. Like you're good at other things too. I could so, have been a scientist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this artist thing, this this thing that maybe is like, like it's less of a, like a skill and more of like an identity. Like was that, what was that? in that time in your life if anything I don't know I, I don't know it's I didn't kind entertain of it very question. much it was sure. like this was my path I was following it you know and I had sort of come to terms with that in that moment and I think it wasn't until I didn't get in that I was like okay well what will I do yeah. and so I Figured maybe I'll do physical therapy because that's less schooling. Really, yeah. the daunting part is medical school is just such a lengthy process yeah. and you're committed for so many years. And I had just met this guy that I really liked. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to be away from my family the way that my mom was. So it's yeah too much. Yeah. So physical therapy was sort of like a, a less intense More version of medical yeah. field. So I actually interned and shadowed physical therapists for a few months and we um I decided to apply for the school and I had to you know renew like a physiology credit or anatomy because it's been it's been a couple of years at yeah. this point they want everything super fresh so when I got online to Salt Lake Community College I was scrolling mm-hmm. down and I saw fashion and then I was like okay well, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I clicked on it and I was like, there's all these classes I can take. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just do like my physiology and then I'll do a pattern making. Was it like a little secret at that well, point? At that point I was like, I'm just going to take one class yeah. and like, I'm not committed to anything. I'm still doing the physical therapy that still makes everybody happy. And, um, and that pattern making sort of opened that door that I could How did it do feel? Something. Like, did it feel like hopeful did it feel like a little scary like just this first like inkling of an idea yeah exciting I definitely enjoyed it more and I understood it yeah shockingly more than I thought I would and I I I feel so it's just really it came naturally I want to say like it really just was like okay yeah for sure that makes so much sense like this is what I've been doing wrong all these years when I was making clothes for myself like I didn't put in Mm -hmm. seam allowance there's darts and these lines these seam lines these body contour lines that you need to include to make something fit properly and so I got really good at it and the teachers noticed and you know so like I got A's and everything because it was just like okay but for me, like, cause I had to work so hard. It wasn't something I could choose right out of high school Yeah, that I took it really seriously more so than yeah. a lot of kids would when yeah. they're like, eh, fashion sounds fun. Let's do it. So were you a little bit older than most of the other people yeah, in the program? So I had okay. already had a bachelor's degree right. and, um, a lot of the kids were from straight out of high school. Yeah. yeah. So. so do you, that kind of like esoteric, like artist identity thing, is that something you relate to now? I know it's like a wishy-washy, like, what is it even? But I know. What like, do you, <laughs> I mean, that's the whole conversation, but yeah, like any of that kind of like, like, do you feel like being an artist is like an important part of your, like, yes, like your identity, like in your, I would in the inside. Absolutely. So that thing that you feel now, like, will you describe it? Like, what is it? What is it to you? So for me, I think it's the excitement of starting a new project. Yeah. 
kind of figuring it out along the way. Every project has its own, you know, little, little puzzles, puzzles. Exactly. And I love solving puzzles. Me too. I love like, I bet that's what you like about the biology too. Uh Is that the the Venn diagram there? Oh, for sure. Um, my first like transitional job actually is really funny was for a, um, a company that had developed a radiation blocking material and they needed to sew like collars and caps for surgeons for radiation protection. And they were like, well, we need a seamstress. And they're like, oh, but you have biology. Like you could also like do some research and development for us and the other. So it was really like a hybrid of my two skill sets. Yeah. Um, I love that. This is very interesting. So I was going to ask, like, if you feel this art thing now and like, it is very wishy-washy. Everybody feels differently about it. I think to me, it's just what you said. It's like that extra excitement about a project. Mm -hmm. It's just a little more Mm -hmm. and it's a little dreamier and it's a little more like, branchy or something, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe also like, I don't know if you're like this, but I feel like I get those kind of like art feelings about ideas too. Mm -hmm. And like about, like, I'm just curious maybe, and like kind of seeing patterns in things that maybe some people wouldn't like, my brain is just a little dreamy and a little imaginative. Totally. So I think I'm wondering like during those years that you're thinking of yourself as like a future doctor, where is that stuff? Is it in the science? Like, and uh, probably slightly suppressed. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. And did that feel like, do you remember feeling like, was that sad? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I definitely think there was a little bit like, okay, I give up on sure. the art stuff. Like maybe I can have that as a, as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was a little grief. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm curious about those things though. And I also do feel like it's like when we hear, adult creatives talk about the subtle ways in which we have advocated for our own creativity or that we haven't, you know, I think those can be like important things to articulate, like Mm -hmm. that, that these things like are a grief or these things are a joy or these things are work. You know, I don't know. I think that kind of like inner stuff is like important to articulate. It's interesting. I think. No, for sure. It's, I mean, it's funny because I meet, little, you know, little girls. Well, I meet girls of all ages. And when I tell them I'm in fashion, they're like, you're a fashion designer. That sounds like the coolest job ever. (laughs) And it's really sweet. Cause I'm like, I, yeah, I am, but I had to fight for it. It wasn't just like one day I snapped my fingers and I was fashion. I feel the same way about being a singer. And I feel like those stories are important to tell because it doesn't just happen. Right. Like not only do you not just snap your finger, but it also like you could be so talented and it won't, it will not fall into your lap. Like right. you have to really, you have to really make choices mm-hmm. and make time and open your heart up. I think like there's a vulnerability required. Yeah. So when you were like getting into the fashion school, um, did you like, how did you, or, you know, tell me what happened in terms of like more of those kind of like emotional, like struggle kinds of things. Like, um, you know, how did you, how did you deal with that vulnerability, risk-taking, like finding your voice, like maybe for the first time, kind of putting it in front of people in a way where it's like meant to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. Like what did you kind of go through after sort of staking more of a claim? (laughs) I think there was a bit of like a weight off my chest of like when I finally was like, 
told my family, I'm like, I'm going to do fashion. I'm going to try it. You know, it may not work out. We'll yeah. see what happens. What did they say? But I had um, really quickly gained the trust of my professors and gotten internships and sort of like jobs. And so they were like, cool. oh, okay, well, I guess you're not going to be like starving on the streets. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like every parent's nightmare, right? Yeah. So um, Wait, I... hold on. Yeah. This like really quickly, like gaining yes. the trust of my professors. You can't just skip over I'm it. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's so big, right? Like, I mean, gaining the trust, like put the fact, like what it, I think that's so interesting that you like mm. phrase that that way. Like what, what, how? Well, I, my projects, not to like brag, no, please but brag. my projects were top of the class. Yeah. Okay. So because it was something that I had nurtured yeah. since I was, you know, 12, 13, started sewing on my own and really kind of you know, playing with fabric, yeah. I sort of understood how fabric works. So when I gained the skills of pattern making and, um, proper cutting and found tools, like I didn't know any tools for this whole, yeah. this whole career. There's so many different tools that make the job easier. And I'd literally been cutting with scissors and using right. a sewing machine that was bought at like a, a garage sale for $20, right. you know, like, so yeah. once you had the right tools, everything yeah. was so much easier. And, um, yeah, like, can I just say, like, or yeah. like, let me ask, like, I don't know if it's like a tell or an ask or a, yeah. what are your thoughts, but I'm, what I'm hearing and what I'm kind of like putting together is like, you know, I think as a teacher, I teach college now too, I teach at UVU mm -hmm. and like, there are lots of students who have like these skills, like more of like the type of skills, like using the tools, mm -hmm. the pattern making, mm -hmm. who don't have that other thing, that kind of like curiosity, yeah. the like... And that thing is much harder to teach, I think. Right. So, and what is what I'm hearing right that like you had that stuff. So mm -hmm. as soon as you were given these tools, it yeah, was like it just blossomed. Yeah, it just sort of came really easily. Cool. I, I was just I don't know. All it that just sort of came together. Was really work. Exactly. Like all, that, all that play was really valuable. <laughs> exactly. That's something I wish that young artists would know better. Or like I see this so much of like people being kind of obsessed with like, yeah, competitions for children or kind of obsessed with, um, yeah, like the productivity or mm. like the, it being really, mm -hmm. and I feel like you, you're the thing that you're, the thing that your kid really needs to know in order to like be an artist is that other stuff like self-motivation, right. like having a vision, having ideas, like uh -huh. cultivating taste, like so much being resourceful. Like that is the stuff that's that, really what no, that you can't. You. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I guess I shouldn't say it's not, this, it's not, you can teach it. I think, but it just it's takes a long time much, much harder. and it's so personal. It like, is very innate. So, yeah. So to, to, to really invest in that time of just that exploration, it's like, I just feel like it's a piece we don't talk about that much because it, to those of us who do it, it's just inevitable. It's like, yeah. it's play <laughs> and it's like, it's necessary, but very yeah, true. that's a, that's a good like testament to that yeah. fact. No, I definitely had it all like years and years of just really appreciating art forms and and then all the different mediums and finally settling on fabric sort of all came together and yeah. was just really fluid. Yeah. So your professors were giving you like opportunities. Mm -hmm. You were like 
Um, do you yeah, want to so tell they me had, about any of those? Um, so particularly, I worked with uh, Rachel Domingo. She was illustration teacher. She's actually a really wonderful person. She's on my list of people to try to oh, interview. She's awesome. I didn't know that you knew her, but oh, she's yeah. her name is on my list. Yeah, yeah. So back <laughs> in the day when I was in uh, school, she was working for a brand called Black Chandelier. And they just I've heard of them too. Okay, from well, another, another guest. Local company. Yeah. yeah. I think they've since um closed, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never like but I've oh, another one of my guests like uh worked there like yeah. at the mall. They had a store in the mall maybe. Oh, this is pre my time. I mean yes. also same. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah. But so I have heard I anecdotally heard of Black mall. Chandelier. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so they had a little downtown studio and that was my first exposure to sort of a real studio setup. Um, and then it was just really cool. So she would have me sew and use machines that I hadn't been familiar with. Oh. And so I gained skills, yeah. of course, which is, I love recommending internships because I feel like that's the most important way to build your skills yeah. and understand what you do and don't like um, down the road without committing to it. Did you feel like you had to go through an identity evolution? Like, to your family, to your closer friends, like transitioning from being like an Olga that they know as like a science student (laughs) to like an Olga that they know as a fashion designer? Like how did that feel? Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I think it was a transition, but I don't really think about it that much. I I feel like it was like my reality. And so that's what I presented. I almost feel like sometimes you have to like almost like come out as an artist yeah. to like your family <laughs> like, by the way they kn- kind of knew yeah. well so my family it was really like a coming out too yeah. right because they were expecting me to be a doctor and so but I literally gave it a good shot I gave mm-hmm. it my 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 all for a couple of years and then um when I finally came to terms with the fact that I really didn't want to do it and had another possibility I was like okay listen I tried your way yeah I'm gonna try mine now did you change like as a like an everyday person like once you kind of like you know set your heart and your feet like firmly in like this art path like did it did it have any other changes on like how you moved about in the world um it opened up like a whole new world of fashion and I found like community of artists that I didn't know existed and so those internships led to like fashion shows and helping first like helping with fashion shows and then in school also being in fashion shows and so it became kind of like you found your little niche and your group and that was an easier way of sort of making friends with similar interests and um I still have like you know, I'm still in contact with friends from yeah. school because we were bonding over that art form. Yeah. It's just great. And tell me more about like courting your husband, like, and just maybe, I don't know, just anything you want to say about like how he was like supportive or like what it was like. I, I don't know. I feel like being like the artist in a partnership is yeah. like, it can be a thing. Oh, it's for sure a thing. It can be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's kind of funny. So, my husband's very uh, analytical. He's very, he's an engineer. He, he, for him, his work lives in his laptop. So he can literally close his laptop, oh. tuck it in a drawer, and then it's it's put away, right? But with yeah. a creative, oh, I have totally. so much fabric and a cutting like table and a sewing machine and a serger. And like, it's just like, it's overflowing with gear yeah. necessary for creativity yeah. and 
My husband's know. an engineer too. And I really it's relate. such a different <laughs> idea of like, okay, put your work away. You know, like I can't, yeah, no, <laughs> like I, feel I can't like... make the fabric fold any smaller. You know what I mean? Well, even if your work was like away, closed in a room, like it's, it doesn't leave your brain. Right. And that's the other thing that's difficult is like, it's not a traditional like nine to five or whatever hours. It sort of has to flow into the rest of my life. And because I, I work from home, sometimes that can be like a challenge if you've got, you know, my daughter home and then yeah. I have to do something. It's like, well, do I take the time to play with her? Or do I like finish right. up this project? Right. So you're constantly making choices and just yeah. already have to be really be self-motivated to accomplish anything. How, what, what was going on in your career when you had your daughter? It was like the busiest summer I'd ever had. <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it like your work. Like, tell me about like what your career has, has been. What it, so it's been like a shape shifting um, as art careers are. Indeed. Um, so when, of course I start fashion school and I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. And so I begin with working with um, my professors and I get like, you know, side gigs and then I get the job with Bloxer and the sewing, the radiation stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, so like money coming in a little bit, nothing like to support myself on, but just like fun money. Seeing a glimpse. And um, I'm like, okay, so like I could do this professionally. And then I was like, well, which direction do I take it? Because in school, they sort of teach you the skills, but they don't teach you very well on marketing yourself sure. or how to build a business from the ground up. Yeah. And that for me is the hardest part. Absolutely. Um, how yeah. to find clients, how to yeah. keep coming back, how to balance marketing with sewing, with being like creative because yeah. these are all very different things Absolutely, and you need to like micro dissect yourself into all these little compartments of like, what am I going to focus my energy on today? Yeah. And for me, I've always had a hard time focusing it on the marketing part. So for yeah. me, I was like, okay, well just, you know, share with your friends, <laughs> tell other people about it. Yeah. But um, early on, you know, Facebook was starting and all the brands got on Facebook. So we were like, okay, so we need a Facebook page. And we started really committed, getting committed. And my husband, um, and I, before we had kids, we would go to all the, uh, young entrepreneur groups cool. and like market and I would wear my clothes and I would be like, this is what I do. If you need like career clothes, they like, come to me. And so marketed our butts off. We had like four events a week that we would attend all these different groups and was he was meanwhile slow. an engineer at the same time? Yeah, so he had just started his career when we had mm -hmm. met. He was finishing school, so he was, you know, building his career. And for the first year of our marriage, we lived in my mom's basement, you know, because, yeah. you know, young couple, we're not that making he a ton was of money. Like so involved in what you were doing, though. That's really sweet. Oh, it was really yeah. sweet. And that, I think, is what drew me to him is like, yeah. well, okay, well, we share like passion for for travel we share a lot of interests and uh kind of have the same mentality on what we want from our lives but also yeah. like he supports me and he was one of the first people to really support that it sounds like that I mean just based on how you like talk told that story yeah. like before um yeah it sounds like he was like um like gave you perm like or gave you permission or or like uh just saw that made it a possibility yeah for sure so before he came around it wasn't really like a thing to be able to make fashion a career yeah. in my 
headspace. That's cool. And so he definitely, there was definitely like a, you could do that if you wanted to. And I was like, cool. I could. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. That's really supportive. Oh, for sure. That's, and that's like, it's beautiful, like kind of expansive thinking to mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know, see a, see a person as something that can, can you be. know, yeah. And yeah. can like evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like, like being a, being a, a creative parent? Like, <laughs> how do you think about like art and creativity, like with your daughter? Um, so I definitely encourage, art in her life and I give her the tools and we have paints and art and you know sometimes it's interesting to see like she's like oh I'm not good at this I'm like well you know things take practice you are five you are five (laughs) like but she wants to be like you know she wants the results and I think it's funny to see that in like a little kid brain where you're like okay but you're you need to practice. You know? I like, love it. I love it's just it. It's yeah. interesting. So, um, I so definitely encourage it. And when she gets down on herself for being like, I'm not as good as you are. I'm like, I practiced yeah. a lifetime. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't translate all that in one yeah. lesson, but, um, but yeah, so I let her explore her things and she's really like agile. She loves to climb things. So she has a ninja class and Cute. you know, that's her area of interest and I encourage it. I love that. She's, yeah. yeah. How, what are your thoughts about like art in general? Like in terms of like what, what it means for people, like what its purpose is, like just what are your, if you're on a soapbox or you're feeling lofty? Oh, I think art is necessary. I think it gives us sort of, um, it fuels our passion and our interest in the world. And I, I don't know, for me, it's a huge part of life. Yeah. Like art can be so many things. So many things. Say more. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, art, art can be architecture. It can be just like yeah. admiring a city that you've never been to in Europe that has like just layers and layers of history to it. And so you learn through experiencing that in its own art form or it can be going to a museum and admiring artwork of like a painter or going to um the met and checking out their fashion exhibit and just seeing all that work somebody's like heart and soul on display yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree more do you do you have any like thing that you want to say about like art in like one thing i thought about asking you and you can have thoughts or not, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but, you know, th- having these like cultural identities as like American and Ukrainian, mm-hmm. um, do you think about art as being like a way to understand like other cultures or like, how do you, do you actively think about like that as an artist? Um, I definitely art and cultural are intertwined for sure. And I think speaking more from the level of just somebody who loves to travel and see things um I think art can reflect culture and there's definitely some Ukrainian um things that I admire as an art form and they have these traditional blouses that are uh basically cross-stitched and they have all these different patterns for the different regions of the country they're from it's called a Vushivanka and I think those are really interesting beautiful yet practical so people would wear them you know and in their daily lives and it was sort of a statement of where they 
kind of came from yeah. and of their own art form was like the cross stitching. Yeah. So it's definitely a part. Do you have thoughts about like, so I'd like to try to ask artists about like the things that are kind of like unique and sort of magical about their medium. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a sewer, you know, um, but I think fashion is interesting for a couple of reasons. Like one being that like your medium goes on bodies, you yes. know, so it's, it's kind of like flat and it becomes a three dimensional form. Yeah. Do you want it's to talk the about most that? Most interesting yeah. part of fashion, I think. And so because I'd explored all these different art forms, I really, when I found fabric, it sort of opened like a three-dimensional universe. And I don't know if it's because I like geometry or what as cool. a kid, but it, cool. it was like you take this flat piece of fabric and you figure out how to make it work on a three-dimensional form, yeah. like and a it, body. And then it moves. And then it, yeah. And then yeah. it has to function, which adds yeah. another layer of complexity. So there's a little bit of that problem solving yeah. and... Um, there's a surprising amount of math in pattern making cool. and fashion, which people don't think about when they're like, oh, you're a fashion designer. What a fun career. Like, yeah. yes, it is. But it also takes like some skills and brain power and like a little yeah. bit more than just playing with fabric all day. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's definitely, definitely uh, creative. How do you many think ways. about like the like in your own personal kind of like experience as an artist, the like designing like dreaming up something and the actual like creating of the thing like what do you like better what do you like about each like how do how does this like kind of visionary skill with this hard skill like how do they interact Mm -hmm. so um different designers kind of design differently I prefer starting with the fabric and kind of figuring out what it wants to be um but sometimes you have to start with the you know the idea or the sketch of your object that you're making and then you have to problem solve like what fabric would that be good in and how do we tailor that to the client what color suits her him and how do we make this um elegant and functional and flattering um so there's just a lot of thought process along the way yeah have you ever, like, are you interested in, like, creating, like, a collection or, like, doing a show, like, um, like thinking of, like a, like, a bigger project? So in my, you know, as I said, my career has shape-shifted along the sure. way. I actually did produce and create three collections where we did um, a full production from fashion show, uh, we got models and photographers involved and had a full full fashion show that we produced yeah. um, for three years in a row right before I had my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> then it all became too much. Sure. Um, but I, yeah, I made a whole collection and the dream was, you know, to produce a few of those pieces, but it became really difficult to do it in a sustainable uh, way that I felt good about because I didn't want to just add more junk to the universe. You know, there's enough like cheap clothes out there to, to cover the whole world. But um, I wanted to do something that was meaningful to myself and not become a part of like the fast fashion problem. So I kind of got stuck in manufacturing um, just the cost of, committing to a large amount of pieces and then the idea of like I have to find a place to sell these now and that was something that I was just not 
good at. And it's really scary. It is scary. It's super so, scary. You know, when you have to commit like twenty thousand dollars to totally. a production of one dress that oh you're God. like really bargaining on. You're like, I am committed. This dress is the winner, right? And then you're like, okay, but which boutiques can I sell this at? And so we tried to look in the States, what, you know, and then it has to be a little bit of a higher end boutique because the cost of production in the U S versus the cost of production in China is so Mm -hmm. much more. Mm -hmm. So they'd have to be priced, you know, a couple hundred dollars a piece to make any money on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that already limits the amount of boutiques that would be able to resell it. So really got stuck in this like little cycle of like, if I commit, where do I sell it? Do we have enough locations of places to sell? Like, would people recognize the brand? I don't have like that brand identity is a bigger brand. And so, um, after all that sort of thoughts, um, I ended up, uh, doing consignment. I used to sell at a boutique called Farasha Park City and she was really great. She specialized in sort of emerging, um, designers oh, and she cool. collected from around the States and, uh, had a really, really cute boutique on main street. Wow. Park city. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Do you have like, um, specific like types of like silhouettes or aesthetics that you like are drawn to? Like, do you want to just talk about like what you like to make? Yeah. I'm definitely more like a feminine cut. I think I, I love like a waist, um, fit and flare is always flattering on a lot of body types yeah. and, Dresses, dresses can be so functional and beautiful and yeah. just easy to I wear. Dresses just too, one and done. You know. Do you do you have like anything you want to like uh, talk about in terms of like, you know, I, like female bodies or like do you have like do you have like you know ethics or like ideas that you want to talk about with? I know fashion can be like toxic too sometimes. <laughs> well, so. Where I settled with my career is I just do custom clothing now. Cool. It's just simpler for the way that I want to balance my career yeah. with my family life. Yeah. And it doesn't put too much pressure on my time. I can sort of balance it and put it in where it's it flexible. needs to be. It's yeah. flexible. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I have a lot of custom clients and, you know, some some clients are wonderful. I've had them for years. We have great relationships. Um and when they sort of understand the process, uh, start to finish and are willing to cooperate because it's a process. You come in, you get measured, you get, uh, we choose a fabric and then we have a fitting and, um, I make a pattern and then I cut the fabric and then I sew it together and then I fit it to you. And then, you know, it's, there's like three or four times they have to come in and for a custom piece before it's like, here you go. I've hemmed it. It's yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's definitely nice when people understand and are okay with the process and the cost of it. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's sometimes tricky when you have to also be the accountant and like yeah. explain to people the value. Absolutely. Um, because people are okay with paying for a handyman, but they're not really as interested in paying like I know <laughs> for skilled yeah. seamstress or designer. Well, art is just undervalued in our country. It's just a problem. I think it's a problem with like everyone that I talk to like handcrafted. I mean, even performing arts, I think it's just like, the undervaluing of like the labor and the perspective and like these kind of mm-hmm. like the hard skills and the soft skills that mm-hmm. of what we're doing is like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think people really just undervalue it, but um, I wanted to also ask, cause I know you do custom work. Mm-hmm. 
I met you because you <laughs> helped me. You fixed a blazer for me. Indeed. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, like just what it feels like to kind of collaborate with like other people's bodies. Yeah. And I feel like that is what that's, you know, I was kind of asking you about like the, like, you know, ethics around like body shaming and, you know, kind of the pressures that we deal with, especially as women. And one thing that I think is maybe interesting about not making like a collection and instead doing custom pieces is like, if everything has to be totally unique to the person. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, I don't know. Like I said before, I like to ask artists about like the things that I think they like uniquely know. Yeah. And I imagine you have like a bit of a unique perspective on like, yeah, like finding like beauty in each body mm-hmm. and like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I think I've definitely gotten that. good at that over the years. Um, it's, it's definitely a skill to fit different body types. And I, I'm always really supportive of whoever comes in the door and to make them look their best and flatter their shape. But sometimes it's hard when people have sort of a body dysmorphia or they don't feel good in anything they're mm-hmm. wearing. That's the most difficult. And when you kind of have to navigate that water of like, okay, like I think you look wonderful, but in their brain, they're like, this is just off or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a plastic surgeon. I yeah. really wish I could help you, but I'm not a plastic surgeon and I can only do so much, sure. but you have to love the body you're in. And I'm happy to like help you find something that yeah. is going to make you feel confident. And that's my really ultimate goal is just to make you feel like a million bucks. How do you like see people? Like when you're just like walking around the world, I have to imagine that you like, <laughs> you like see people different things than I see like what do you what do you see well I've definitely learned to be like okay well there's flattering things for different body types like it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of vibe for everyone and um when you see somebody that knows how to dress for their body you you appreciate it you're like oh they've got that down you know and then you know and when they're not you're like I wish I would change that you know so I don't know it's just the perspective of an artist you sort of do you see it like does it feel like that same kind of like puzzle like problem solving thing Mm -hmm. to like oh for sure there's definitely a problem solving uh kind of aspect to it and and with every client you sort of have a different um perspective and a different role but yeah yeah ultimately you just want them to look great (laughs) Yeah, and to feel great and, yeah, to feel and great. like to see yeah to to feel like they feel, they look great you know yeah. to really understand that they do so how do you think about your like identity as an artist now like I'm fully embraced it I you know I what does it what is it it's a great question <laughs> we keep well, coming back to this yeah no well, I'm interested in it well you you had said before like you know you have to like carve your chunk yourself down into like all these little things and like yeah yeah I'm just like where are you at now with those things and like I stopped pressuring myself into so much of like building a huge brand and succeeding in that regard I feel like in the beginning it was definitely like oh we need to be more there's needs to be more visibility I need to have more clients I need to make this more um you know successful and I think I've sort of just come to terms with the fact that I'm just going to be a small operation and that's not a big deal. What about like, uh, your identity is like your identity is an artist, your identity is a businesswoman, your identity is a mother, is like a wife. Like how, how do you like, how do you think about those things? That's yeah, that's, it's definitely, um, a balance. I don't like to put too much in, 
any category, right? So you have to balance your time and the time you spend is really your focus and energy. And, um, I, I like to be there for my family because I think that's really important, but I also really like my art and having a space to do that in is sort of mentally necessary for me. Yeah. Do you want to say any more about that? Like, well, just for example, when, when COVID hit, that was really hard on me emotionally and mentally because I was back to being like a full-time mother. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as much as like, I appreciate spending time with my child, it was just a lot to just be like giving up all of my time as an artist and just focusing on like kid kid playtime and activities to build her life and and yeah yeah I'm I feel like there's like a one more like question here but like maybe I just want to know like the the part of you that like is the artist Mm -hmm. the part that you felt like was a little threatened at the beginning of COVID like who is that (laughs) like what does it mean yeah well like I said I just love the project I love Mm. having that creative outlet and for me that's just really necessary important for my mental health for my creativity and I'm a happier person when I get to do that and when I am sort of like overwhelmed with fashion or things like that um it's it's also fun to do other things like home decor and that's also like a creative outlet that I enjoy when I'm not fully focused on fabric and and fashion and the body I can I can go to the home (laughs) yes I feel I do similar things like hopping around between like home decor and cooking and like maybe a craft here and there and And your house is adorable by the way thank you (laughs) I'm feeling like I'm I'm feeling like a I I'm ready to swap out some things, you know, like it's a never ending yeah, process. Yeah. If it's your mood and then you yeah. change and yeah. Well, and I feel like sometimes I'll make decisions based on like what's available at that time, mm-hmm. like what's in the budget at that time. Mm-hmm. And then like over time, I'm like, it just doesn't, it's not what I really That's very true. feel. That's very okay. True. Just wrapping up. Um, is there anything else you wish that people like understood about like, what it what it is to be like a like a like sewer or a designer like Mm -hmm. specifically okay um well you have to be really patient I think it's something that you can't master overnight it's something you have to really work on and um building those skills requires a level of commitment um so I I think if you're interested in it it's definitely really fun if you can make it work and fit in your lifestyle um but it's it's, like the most wonderful thing about it the most wonderful playing with pretty fabric (laughs) and seeing clients just exuberantly happy with their stuff do you have like favorite fabrics um I really love uh it's called silk potassois and it's basically what the royalty would wear in those portraits that you see Mm. in the museums where it's just shiny and reflective and has this really great density to it and you can make such architectural pieces out of that. It's cool. just really cool. And then brocade, which is uh, essentially like two different colored threads interwoven, and it kind of gives the fabric a little bit of dimension. Yeah. It's also really pretty. Cool. <laughs> Are you still interested in like jewelry, like accessories? I 
am from like the design perspective making them i'm not as interested yeah. I, in fact if you know anybody yeah, <laughs> have some I, ideas <laughs> i actually have a friend who's taking like a jewelry making class right now who is uh-huh. someone that i had interviewed and i'd love to interview someone who like makes jewelry or or any other like i'm really interested in fashion design like as yeah. as a as a I just think it's magical. Like, and it's something I don't really know that much about or like I can't do myself. Um, but I always want to, I always looking to interview people who like make, make wearables. Yeah. Like I just think it's like, it's, it's very interesting. Well, I might send you a contact. Please do. Please (laughs) do. Um, is there anything else you want to say about just like being an artist, like anything you wish people knew, like, you know, the podcast is called artifice because Mm -hmm. it's a great word. And because it's like, you know, things are on like our, our professions are kind of misunderstood. Mm -hmm. There's these like really beautiful, magical things that we get to kind of experience that Mm -hmm. like are, are really precious that like make all of the difficulty worth it. And there's also like all this difficulty that people don't understand. Like, is there anything else you want to kind of say? I mean, I think if you're interested in art, you should definitely give it a shot and try to pursue it, see yeah. what happens. And if, if it doesn't work out, you can always fall back on something else. But I think if it's in you and you just have the desire to create, you should nurture that and allow yeah. that to be expressed. Amen. <laughs> okay, I ask everybody at the end, on this day, what's your dream collaboration or dream project? Oh, wow. That's great. I would... <sighs> would really love to participate in the Met Gala. Yeah. I think that would be the most incredible experience. Either designing for who or or literally just attending. I would give like anything (laughs) to just be present and get to see those things up. They're really just wearable works of art. They are. I also love to like look at the Met Gala things. Like even as a person who doesn't know anything, I just like, yeah, because it is, it's like, it's sculpture art in its truest form via fabric is there anyone you'd love to dress i can't say that i'm really set on dressing a particular person just because you know people come and go and things sort of shift and popular opinion changes of who's fashionable and not but um Blake Lively is always incredibly, yeah. incredibly dressed. She's and I think she classy. has a really good eye for things. And mm-hmm. I was reading that she comes up with the concepts herself and then people like, she doesn't have a stylist like a lot of people do. So she kind of comes up with like it, her own ideas. Cool. Yeah. And so, and every time she matches the, the carpet or whatever, like the theme is really, really well. So I just, I think working with her would be really fun because she clearly has a really artistic brain. I love that. That would be a collaboration. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I think when somebody sees eye to eye with you artistically, it's so so much easier. Oh, and it is like such, it's like a soul to soul. Like, I think that's maybe one thing with like the art identity that's like you recognize others that like it, it like, I feel like, you know, we have these connections with family that like mean something and these like you know, we think of like kin or like peer, you know, friends. And I feel like art like gives us some tools to like make these really deep connections with people that like we don't have proximity to, Mm -hmm. or we don't have like, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, a shortcut to like a certain level of like intimacy or like understanding. I think that's something that makes art like really precious. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a, 
it's just like deeper. It's like, it's like another plane on which to connect. Like we have family, we have like, you know, coworkers, but like, you know, you're connecting with your clients in this like particular way. And Mm -hmm. like, you might be connected to like, you know, another designer that you've never even met. Like you just, Mm -hmm. there's, I don't know. There's something that draws you to them. It gives you like a, like a, another plane on which to kind of like have like a soul to soul, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, think it's I kind of, fully agree with you. It's kind of like a beautiful, do you want to say anything else about that? We haven't really talked about like any, like of those kinds of things. It just, uh, yeah, no, it's, to, there's like another, uh, another level of happiness like achieved when you, and then somebody sort of see eye to eye or just you suggest something and then they're like, Oh my God, that's wonderful. Let's yeah. go with that. And then every step of the way they're like, yes, this is amazing. Like I, when somebody tells me I fully trust you and your creative process, literally, I think I do my best work because I'm yeah. like, okay, I can take a few risks or I can think that that I would choose to do something versus somebody else. And that to me is like so much more, uh, of an artistic expression yes. than just following like a picture that they found on Pinterest that they really want done. And they don't right. really realize that it's not the best cut for them or right. whatever the the style is. So I think when I'm given that creative freedom, that's when my best work comes. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm glad you said that. And then tell everybody where to find your work. So my brand is called Zaya collection, Z A I Y A collection. And I am on Instagram and I have a website, but yeah. Great. Reach out. Oh, okay. Thank anything you custom. so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to talk to you and get to know you better. Thank you as well. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.